guys in short sports Los Angeles. Since last we spoke, the Lakers put themselves back in the win column. They must not have liked it, though, because they promptly put themselves back in the loss column with a statement game against Dallas. The statement? We can lose better than any Laker team ever. (laughs) (laughs) The Clippers continue their spiral as they drop three of four, including a loss to the 76ers in which they were up by 19. If you were hoping the Kings would be the one bright spot in L.A. this week, you can keep on hoping. They're on a four-game losing streak. We'll talk about all of that, plus this episode... We're going to attempt to define specifically when you can truly call a player a bust. Albert Pujols. (laughs) (laughs) And it begins. That's that's just a tease of what's to come. Ah, that's a good show. Let's get it started. I'm Jeff Wilson. That is Victor Costello. Oh, oh, you meant me. Yes. Sorry, that's me. me. (laughs) Yes, there he is. What an intro. Ben Garcia. Whoop-de-whoop. Yeah, and live via satellite, Eric the Portuguese Hammer Vieira. The bulge is back. (laughs) The bulge is back. Get better and get back in studio, bro. Yeah, yeah. we miss you, man. How is the back, buddy? Yeah, the good news is, I, uh, you know, as our last conversation, I had some steroid injection so i have gone full circle on my steroid uh stance uh, i'm pro steroids now <laughs> let's go run the 40 now yeah, yeah. so yeah I'm, I'm much more mobile but uh still a, a road up ahead but no hey, one wants to hear about that hey, let's uh, get potting would you yeah. rather have this back problem or go shopping at living spaces living spaces oh. It's a push. It's about the same. Same amount of emotional pain. Wow. Also, uh, Darren Besa is out this week. He's at home being a good husband. So that means Ben Garcia has full reign on the hate couch, which I got it covered. Got it covered. It's. It's, it's a little nervous and excitement over here because you never know what's going to happen with Ben when when he's got full reign of the hate couch. I actually think that. I actually think that I'm going to miss my partner in crime because oh. I think we feed oh. off of each other. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. All, I'm, all I'm hoping to do is just to, to give this hate couch credit while he's out. That's all I want to do. <laughs> it's, it's already not working. He's missing Darren. So it's already not. Maybe we'll find the true source of the hate is Darren this whole time. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny yeah. if I was totally just happy to go luck Darren the whole in time? A, in <laughs> a, did M. Night Shyamalan write this episode? That's a hell of a twist. <laughs> I blame those spikes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, the spikes. All right. Well, you know what? Let's start with the Lakers. Oh, they won versus the Pacers and then promptly lost by 49 points to Dallas in the biggest loss in franchise history. That's a big ouch. It is. It's embarrassing. I'm not concerned about it. I don't care whether they lose by 49 or they lose by 29 or they lose by 10. I'm more concerned about the fact that they went 17 and 65 last year and that they're headed for the lottery again this year. If you look at like games, if you remember back when they played the Celtics in the finals in 08, they had a 24-point first half lead, ended up losing by like 10 points. So they lost a game in, in a half of 34 points, and then they got blown out by, what, about 40 points or something in the sixth game, the closeout game. So teams can lose big. It's how they bounce back. And the thing about the Lakers is that they had just found out that D'Angelo Russell was going to be out for a couple of weeks. They lost their leader. You know, I'm not a huge fan of D'Angelo Russell, but he is their point guard. He is who the offense was built around. And so I think a game like that can happen. And I think what, what concerns me about this 
is kind of the flip side. Te- teams can bounce back from a big loss, but I think the issue here is they were coming off a win. Yeah. So I think they let after they come off a win, they let their guard down. And I think uh, I read something about Coach Walton even saying that that this team after they win, they kind of lose a little bit of that that edge because you know they're starting to feel good about themselves. So this may be one of those learning points that hey, even after a win, you still need to keep pushing because I think that's what happened. They got a win, they felt okay, maybe we're not in that bad of a situation, but then they went and just got the floor cleaned with them. But, and you make a great point losing by 49 and losing by one, it's just one loss in the loss column. So, you know, it's not going to hurt them in the long run, but it is embarrassing to go out like that. And one of the things that the Lakers to me don't have is LeBron James the other day. And in fact, I don't know if this was today or yesterday, they lost to the Pelicans and he comes out and he says, we're real top heavy. It's me, Kevin Love, and, and Kyrie Irving, and everybody else is not contributing. And, you know, when the Lakers had Kobe in their locker room, you had that veteran presence, somebody that was respected that could go and say something like that in the media and, you know, to, to motivate their players. Now, this is January, and, you know, obviously the Cavs are going to make the finals this year because no one in the East is going to stop them. But it's already LeBron sort of getting on his teammates saying, I need for you guys to play now so that when we get to those big games, it's just it's it's common. It's just na- it's common nature. It's I'm out there. This is what I'm used to be doing. And right now that's the leadership that the void that the Lakers don't have. So that's the part that does concern me is that you lose by 49 points and nobody's out there saying, OK, this stops now. And, and the Maz, the Maz has got to step up. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the, the question. Maz, you stops guys, now. Who is Score it? more points, yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he said that in the locker room where that's exactly where LeBron should have said that in the locker room, not out in the, out in the media. He got bombed on for saying that out in the media. He had to come out on Twitter and apologize, which was a half-ass apology. And it was like, dude, that's what, if you're if you're a man, first of all, you, you say that to your teammates, to their face. You don't have to go out to the media. And so how that. did you feel but, about Kobe when he called out, uh, was it Nick Young and someone else? Remember when they were celebrating after they had won a game but they had lost, you know, 12 in a row or something? Right. Right, right. But you know damn well Kobe Bryant said it to their face after the game. And you don't think LeBron did? No. But my point is, is that you need somebody <laughs> that's going to get in their face. Right. And, no, I totally agree with that. And that's yeah. actually one of the things that has been holding the Lakers back is they don't. Luol Deng is a great locker room presence, but he's not that guy. No. And they don't have that. They really don't have that. Not yet, at least. I'm pretty sure once these guys get a few you know, seasons under their belt that they'll be able to do that. But I think both uh, Eric and Ben are wrong about the Ooh, Lakers' loss. this. I'm blaming this Laker loss on Kobe Bryant. They were they were yeah. so afraid of scoring more than 81 points on Kobe Bryant's oh, anniversary. Go. Oh, what? Right. The yeah, 11, it was on the 11-year yeah, anniversary. Yeah, 11-year right? anniversary of Kobe Bryant, and that's how much Kobe Bryant scared them. Oh, here he we go. He still scares them to this day that they were not. They were like, we can't score more than 81. That doesn't 81 even points. warrant a response. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I fair. thought Swaggy P. I thought Swaggy yeah, P totally was going to beat the totally record. A thumbs up. I know Eric called out Eric uh, before the game. It's you know on our Facebook uh, page. If you're not if you're not a fan on that, go ahead and join us. Um, that he he had picked Swaggy to go for 82 points. <laughs> our listenership, yeah, yeah, our right. listenership <laughs> would have that. would have like multiplied by 10 had oh, that actually happened. Yeah. Because yeah. If, if we actually had Hammer call that out, that would have been on all the sports shows everywhere in Southern California. <laughs> I'm sure that's what. That's right, got to be bold. That's right. Now he's, he called it a bold prediction. Uh, yep, the Lakers are 16-32, and 32, one win away from tying last season's record. We're almost there. That's uh, <laughs> that's at least a positive. We're going to improve right. on we'll last take season. It. We'll take yeah. it. Yeah. All right, let's talk Clippers. They have dropped three of their last four. 
They're 30 and 17, second in the division. Blake Griffin's back. Yeah, that didn't help us today. <laughs> and they lost. <laughs> and they lost. They lost, actually, uh, in an ugly game against the 76ers where they were up by 19. And then 76ers came back and, and put the whoop on them. And they're playing without Joel Embiid, aren't they? I believe so. So I mean, yeah. that was that was a, uh, a team that didn't have their all their starters either. So yeah, they should have won that game. Th- they absolutely should have won that game. It, it, this goes to show you how important Chris Paul is. To absolutely. be honest with you, and this is one of the things you hate. I hate about the MVP voting is that you know LeBron James he should be an MVP every right. year because when he leaves a team, they go from sixty wins to twenty wins. Yeah, I think chris paul has got to be in that conversation oh, totally. because he to me to to me is responsible for at least 30 plus wins whether he's in the lineup or he's not over the course of a season and so that turns that's a 50 win team down to a 20 win team he is that important to the to the los angeles clippers yeah and blake we, griffin isn't i i heard an interesting uh point you know speaking of mvp and we won't get too much into it because this could almost be its own conversation but it it could almost be two different awards it can be most valuable player and then best player overall right because lebron james or steph curry you can say they're the best steph player curry, in the come league. on man he's not but, the best player. <laughs> that, was get for off you. This. that was just for you the year the, the year that he was on yeah. he was the best player in the league i understand but uh <laughs> arguably uh, but and then most valuable is almost like a different award it's who do you, when you pluck out of the lineup is the team going to miss the most i'm not much of a stats guy i don't like bringing up stats much but i saw this stat and it's it's insane when chris paul is on the floor the clippers are plus 15.9 points or so almost 16 points positive wow. when he's on the floor mm-hmm. when he's off the floor they're at negative 4.9 or negative 5 so points. that's a 20 point so Wow. That does a 20 point swing when he's not playing. So that's a huge, you know, no team is going to be able to overcome when someone has that big of an impact uh, on on the team. That's just a crazy stat. Only because we can't have a Clipper update without turning it back around to the Lakers. Would you take Chris Paul on the Lakers? You know, at his advanced age right now, I I, I would get him. What's the best way to say it? It depends on what you can get for him. So this is the way I would look at it. I think that he is the type of guy that could lead a team and teach them how to win. So for that, I would get him. If I was getting him for his performance over the next five years, I wouldn't do that because I think with his knees, his advanced age, and the minutes that he's had in the NBA's uh, career, I just don't think that he's the type of guy that's going to last five more years. But to to get that locker room presence to, to, to kind of... Uh, steer the ship in the right direction when you lose by 49, I think somebody like that would help the Lakers tremendously. I agree. Oh, totally. And I think, um, you know, uh, Ben's absolutely right. Yeah, I said that. Oh, um, <laughs> come on. It's on record. It's on the record. Fail me now, Vic. <laughs> Nobody likes it when you guys agree. No, but he's he's absolutely right. That's how important, you know, Chris Paul is. And, and you know, to, if we were going to bring him over to the Lakers, you would not bring him over. You're not going to win. Even if you put... Chris Paul on this team, they're still going. They're be not bad. winning an NBA championship, right. so you'd have yeah. to bring him over for other for other reasons. And I would also want to point out that Chris, without Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan is nobody. Chris Paul makes DeAndre Jordan an All Star center, and and that's just the end of the story. Without him, he's he, what is he? He he has no post moves. He can't do anything other right. than catch the ball and dunk when you know Chris Paul creates that space. For Apparently, him. he can't even make a free throw. Did you see that air ball oh, yeah. he threw up tonight? <laughs> I'll tell you, the Dallas Mavericks right now are probably looking at what transpired two years ago and are thinking to themselves, "Thank oh. God he stuck with the Clippers. That's a bullet. He's not yeah. worth a hundred million dollars." No. 
All right, good job, guys. Way to uh, way to take it back to the Lakers and uh, <laughs> and then finish with the Clippers. That's what we do. Uh, we got some Dodger news here. The Dodgers are making moves, wanting to win. Vic, what's going on over there? Yeah, we finally filled our, our hole at second base. The uh, Dodgers had been in rumors of getting Brian Dozier from the Twins, uh, a big bat, uh, lots of home runs, and uh, things seemed to have stalled out on that. They were going back and forth. It looks like the Twins they wanted, wanted too much more. for him. Yeah, yeah, they wanted uh, like three, two or three picks, which is you're you're nuts. Like you, we're not going to give that up. Dodgers have a great. Hey, he's farm not system. Jared Goff. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, what do you have to say? Uh, to the- oh, not, cool. Oh, not cool. Not cool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they did pick up uh, once that you know obviously wasn't going to happen. They went and picked up a, uh, another second baseman, Justin Forsythe, and uh, I think he's going to fill in perfectly in that lineup. He's a right-handed batter, which is what they needed. You know, teams were just you know throwing you know left-handers at this club because that's all they had was left-handed hitters, and so he he's a good right-handed bat right in the middle of the lineup. And I, I love this. They and they only had to give up one pick. And it wasn't their top two prospects. They had, you know, they gave up the, their third top prospect who uh, had troubles every time he came up to the major leagues. So uh, hopefully, you know, uh, I hope. I mean, I hope he does well. Don't get me wrong. There's a pitcher they gave up, yeah. right? It yeah. was something De Leon. De Leon, right? yeah. Jose yeah. De Leon. Jose, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I love it. I love this pick. I think it's it's absolutely perfect. They saved, you know, they got younger. Uh, Chase Utley is a free agent right now. Although Do you they, think they're going to sign him? I, I think they I kind of have a feeling they're going to sign him as a utility are. player. Yeah. That's what exactly what it looks like. It looks yeah. like he was waiting off because he hasn't signed with the team. No, and it looks like he's he's been waiting to see what would happen to see what kind of money the Dodgers could give him. I think that's exactly what's happening. I is, think I think he's older. He likes Los Angeles. Yeah, and I think his he's looking at the end of his career. And actually, to be honest with you, as often as the Dodgers come across injuries to their infield, he can play every position. That's true. So you know, Justin Turner missed some time last year. Gonzalez has to you know take a break every now and then when his bat isn't working and he just needs to regenerate because of his age. That would be the perfect opportunity to keep. Chase Utley yeah. and to put him in that position. Now, he's the, yeah, he's the perfect guy for that spot. And and to and to the point of the second baseman, Justin Forsett or what's his name? Forsyth. Forsyth. I, I think Forsyth. it's Forsyth. Logan. Yeah. Logan. Or Logan. Yeah. Sorry, Logan. did I say Justin? You said sorry. Justin. Logan. Yeah. Logan Forsyth. You know, I'm, I'm. I looked at his statistics. I don't know anything about him, so I'm not going to sit here and say this is a good uh, a good pickup or a bad pickup. But just looking at his statistics, the thing that kind of stuck out to me was that he bats two sixty three. And to me, the biggest problem that the Dodgers offense has had over the last couple of years is that we have too many guys that are swinging for home runs. And he, he, this guy is, hits, I think he hit 20 home runs last season. But usually what comes with that is going to be strikeouts. And what kills the Dodger rallies is when you got a guy on second and third with two outs and all you need is just a single. These guys are striking out or they're hitting ground balls because they're trying to pull the ball when it obviously was an away pitch that they should take opposite field. So to me, I... I was hoping that the Dodgers were going to pick up somebody that would be more of a leadoff hitter. We have guys that can knock in runs, but we don't get guys that get on base consistently. And so I think that that's something that the Dodgers, that they didn't address with the second base pickup, but I think it's something that from now to the uh, uh, preseason starts, that they need to look at getting a couple of guys that can hit in the 280s to 310 range so they can get on base and they can hit 1-2 in that lineup. Honestly, there's not that many second basemen out there. Right. They were very limited in their choices. And and, and when you look at the, the oh, statistics yeah. of Dozier and, and Forsyth, uh, you know how they have all these – I don't even know what some of these statistics mean. They're like the war and the BIBSP and like all this <laughs> USAR and like it's just crazy, right? So anyways, I was reading an article and when you combine – you know, when you check the two, they're ident- – they're more – 
almost identical in all of their stats. Uh, the only thing that's different is, is the home runs, but Dozier was hitting in more home run friendly stadiums than Forsyth was, and Forsyth only played 127 games last year. So if you give them the same stadiums to hit in, and if you give them the same amount of games, their stats are pretty much the same. Strikeouts is the same. One of the big differences, and I think Ben's going to like this, is that this guy hits to all fields. I like that. Yeah, he's an, and, and Dozier is actually a pool hitter. And this guy, he spreads the ball around. So I, I think Ben's going to like that. And they might have their leadoff hitter in the minor leagues right now, and that might be why they're holding it off because Cody Bellinger is a first baseman. He's the number one prospect. But you still got Gonzalez sitting there, so what are you going to do? I think this is his last year. Is this the last year of his contract, or do you think they'll trade him at the end of the season? No, I, yeah, I think this is his last year. I really do. Because his, it's time. his it's numbers time are going him. down. It's yeah. time for him to go. It's time, yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy with him for one more year. You keep that guy in the minors and you know, you know, know, keep teaching him. Season him. Season him a little bit more, mm-hmm. and then next year you bring him in. Because they have a lot of young players right now. Yeah. So uh, I honestly think this is Adrian Gonzalez's last year. But Cody, man, he that guy can hit. So I think that's why they're kind of holding off on on trying to find a, 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 you know somebody to, to – Get into that starting lineup at and, the at the, at the you know number one spot. And who knows, maybe this is Puig's year to hit three hundred oh, again, right? You, <laughs> he came out. He was talking about that he he's going to work extra hard. I have and a he feeling. wants to be a starter again. I have and, a feeling. You know, he got embarrassed last year. He's, oh yeah. He's you know, uh, and I don't know much about the Cuban culture, but what one of the things that I think that I know is that they're very prideful. And so for someone to come over from Cuba, sign a $40 million deal, and come in your first year and basically light your pants on fire because <laughs> of the statistics that he put up, and then a year and a half later get put down to the minors <laughs> oh, yeah, that's mid-season. Crazy. Ouch. To me, that's something that insults you. And, and you know, he's, he's the type of physical athlete that can do it. He, it's For him, it's a mental game. So if he really can yeah, lock down. Yeah, him do it. Yeah, so when he came back last season, he ended up batting close to 300, played well into the postseason. I think that if he can just get his shit together, that he can come in this season and he can be the guy we remember two and a half years ago. If he gets it together yes. and has puts together an awesome season, do yeah. you trade him high? I think you know, so. I, well, I, I, I haven't seen it. I think... It depends. He, he, like you said, he came in with his pants on fire, yeah, and he just lit up the world, and he fell off, and and that question keeps the question keeps repeating. If he gets his shit together, and we've seen this with so many players that you say, well, if they do this, if they do that, and it just they never turn the corner. You know, very rarely do you see a guy with the potential, yeah. and then you know has the mental game or something else, and you hope for it because the potential's there, but it never happens. So if he does well. I, I would I would trade him with a high value because I think that's what they tried to do last year and he just didn't perform well enough for them to be able to trade him. I agree with that. However, I think that there's a caveat to that. And I think that the caveat is how does he mix with his teammates? I think that, that the biggest kind of thing that he's had an issue with is getting along with people. And I think that if, if he can prove that he's part of this team, that it's sustainable. If, if he's still that outlier, the guy that, you know, people dislike in the locker room and, yeah, he puts up some numbers, I totally agree with you. Get rid of him. But if he's somebody that kind of comes together, rallies the troops, becomes somewhat of a leader, then I think that you may give him at least another year to see what he does. I like it. Well, things are sounding good for the Dodgers. So let's talk about the Angels. Oh, <laughs> eh, let's not. Let's, let's end baseball talk on a high note. 
<laughs> we're short on time. Yeah. You want to yeah. bet on Pujols' average this year? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, you know, we'll talk. All right. We'll sounds talk good. when spring training starts. All right. All right. <laughs> we got to take a quick break and have a pep talk with Ben because he's not been nearly hateful enough. He's not doing his partner proud <laughs> oh, here. Here we go. Uh, when we come back, though, we will be defining a bust. That's an exciting conversation to have. Also, we'll talk a little Kings. And I think Hammer's got some galaxy to go over. Of course, that should bring out the Hayden Ben. Yeah. All that right after this. Here in LA, we love our weather and sports teams, but we do not love our traffic. With a car accident every six seconds, we all know someone who's been in a fender bender. At Garcia Chiropractic, we specialize in relieving pain caused by sports injuries, car accidents, or just the stress of sitting in daily traffic. Our x-ray analysis ensures you get the treatment you need. Have you had a sports injury or been in a car accident? Know someone who has? Go to DannyGarciaDC.com to schedule a new patient exam. We're so confident you'll love your first visit. We're willing to pay for your gas. Mention guys in shorts and you'll receive a $20 gas card. Again, that's DannyGarciaDC.com. Schedule your exam today. We are back. Ben, has, uh, have you turned up the hate? You ready to bring it? I, I brought Mr. Reality. I like it. Oh, oh yeah. I think are this his is, pants up? I think this is going to get good. <laughs> I'm excited for this. So a few episodes ago, Vic posed the question, is Brandon Ingram a bust? That started a bit of a scuffle between Vic and Ben. I still have a black eye. <laughs> it got a little, little That's punchy. what you get. Yeah. <laughs> In that conversation, Ben gave his definition of what he thought a bust was. We thought that's an interesting idea since it can be very subjective. So we're going to attempt to define when exactly a player is considered a bust. All right, Ben, why don't we start with you and you give kind of your take on what a bust is to you. Okay, so it comes down to a couple of things. Uh, to me, it's if a player was drafted, signed, or traded ahead of other guys at the same time that had more successful careers. Uh, and and there's a second sort of caveat to that. So that is somebody usually, and when we talk busts, it's normally people out of the draft. Sure. But then there's another type of bust where you sign a big name free agent, Albert Pujols, where you have an expectation <laughs> that he's going to do something. Hey, wait, who's on that list? <laughs> I didn't know this is where that was going, but I, you know, I like it. <laughs> that you have an expectation that they're going to perform at a certain level sure. for a certain amount of time. And then they don't. Right. So to me, those are the two main drivers to whether or not you would define a bust. And like I said, it's for drafts and also for trades. I think that that's fair because absolutely with a, with the draft, like, and Jared Goff comes to mind. Right. Brandon Ingram. These are players that, you know, are in their rookie seasons. Right. Jared Goff, I think it's an extra pressure on him because he's not just a number one pick, mm -hmm. he's all our picks that we right. gave up right. for that number one pick. So right. he's so his value, because you have to look at these players as what you paid to get them. Correct. Exactly like you're saying. And that's whether it's paying draft picks, right. whether it's paying a salary, whether right. it's play, paying traded players. Absolutely. And I, I mean, the value is if it's lower than expected yeah. by, by a substantial margin, I think then you consider them a bust. I do but the think, time, but the time frame also matters. I agree. So, so like with the Jared Goff, with the Brandon Ingram, to me, 
and I'll throw Luke Walton in there because he is a first-time head coach. You cannot evaluate somebody based on a single season when they're coming in and doing something for the first time. So what's the cutoff specifically? To me, it's three years. Three years. I think that now, if you can give a rookie three years, that gives you the opportunity to see them develop. To The, the biggest thing, especially as a player, not so much as a coach, but it's adjusting to the speed of the game. And, and everybody says it. From one level to another, there's always a change in the speed of the game that takes some time to get used to. Uh, if you're if an NFL quarterback, you need to learn to read defenses because a lot of times you're out of the shotgun and, and you're running the spread offense in college. So it's a totally different thing. So to me, as a rookie, I think a minimum of three years before you can say label somebody a bust or not. Three full seasons? What if they're out or, of season? I, I think it's so Julius Randle, I would sure. say I would have to give him four years because the first year he didn't even play at sure. all. Sure. Right, right. I think that's fair. Vic, what do you think? I, I get what Ben is saying, but I don't agree with going against the draft class because to me that has nothing to do with whether or not you're a bust. In other words, if you're just going against who was drafted in the same in the same draft, I think you should be put against everybody that's ever played your position in that sport and, and how high you thought you were supposed to be. So, so you're talking I, draft only? No, I'm talking about, and, and I could be misunderstanding league, you. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking about the entire league. So I'm saying if you're a number two pick, it doesn't matter what year you were a number two pick, you should be put up against every single number two pick that's ever gone up in the NBA or Even, number what three if they or were number the best, four. What if they were the best option and they were pick number two out of that draft? You're still, they're I still, still a bust? Think, yeah. See, that's where it's difficult because like in the Lakers situation, when last year they had the number two pick. Right. So if that draft class was, let's say, over the last 10 years, that was the weakest draft class that the Lakers were picking in. Right. And, and Ingram was the guy. And I'm just, just right. saying this for the sake of argument. It's hard to say that the Lakers picked him. I'm that not his saying choice, the Lakers picked his the choice bust. Was a I'm bust. saying he was a bust. I, I think what you're kind of saying is— He's a bust, is, and it's, it's not the Lakers' fault. Yeah, it's not the Lakers' right. fault. It's, it's He's not, a bust. It's not that the player is the bust. It's that that whole draft is a bust. Right, if that but, whole but, draft, but I'm not class, blaming the Lakers on that. Yeah, I'm right, saying right, that right. that player but, is a bust. But you're calling, but 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 with that logic, if that draft class is bad, then that draft class is a bust. But it's see, not yeah. necessarily that player. When I think of busts, I think of GMs getting fired. Right. So Les Snead is. I mean, if I'm surprised he didn't get fired this year, <laughs> but Les Snead will be fired next year when you guys go five and eleven. Right. Well, yeah, because be they're going to look year. at it and they're going to say it was this draft choice that put us in this predicament. So to me, to to say somebody is a bust, to me that means that that GM to that team who chose that player lost his job. When Jamarcus Russell but got five picked, and eleven is an improvement. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> but when Ryan Leaf, I'm sure that I'm sure whoever the GM was that picked Ryan Leaf, or the GM that, or it was the coach actually that picked Tim, Tim Tebow, these guys lost their jobs because of the fact that the guys that they selected were busts. So, so again, I, I I think it's difficult to label somebody a bust when it was the best choice available at the time. Hammer, what do you? What's your take on this? So my, my definition of a bust is a little bit different. My different if definition of a bust is based on expectations. So in order for a person to be a bust or a player to be a bust, they have to fall far below the expectations. So one the extremities extreme examples here. So the LeBron James, he was touted from high school that he is going to be the savior of basketball and he's going to be the greatest player ever. He's drafted number one and it turns out he is, you know, he's the real deal, you know, arguably the best ever to play. And so he's not a bust because the expectations were there and he lived up, up to the expectations. So actually then I have, I have you, a question to that. So I'm going to name a player 
And I want you to tell me whether or not you feel that this guy's a bust. Manny Ramirez coming to the Dodgers. Coming to the Dodgers, I would say that he's not a bust. Why? Because he because he didn't he wasn't His far below expectations. Yeah. He, he 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 brought excitement. He put them in the playoffs, and that's one bring. of the that's one of the other things that I'm going to mention. What makes a bust is if you're you have those expectations on you, but then you never make the playoffs. Then you know obviously you're not good enough of a player if you were never able to bring your team or you know put significant effort into your team to give them a playoff berth or at least some key wins. Uh, the other example that I was going to use is Blake Griffin. Okay. Blake Griffin is someone who... He's a bust. Who came... He was a, <laughs> now, hear me out. I wouldn't call him a bust. All right. He's, he's the number one pick, and he was... There were a lot of expectations yeah. thrust on him. He was supposed to be a big deal. Now, did he, did he live up to those expectations? I don't think so. Okay. But he didn't fall so far below... That he didn't translate right. into direct losses. Right. He was still good enough to give them something. So he's I wouldn't a, call him a bust. He's actually the one that brought the Clippers out of the doldrums. Honestly, he was the guy. Yeah, that it was did Chris it. Paul. Yeah. It was Chris Paul. No, no, Don't no. no. Blake yourself. Griffin. Was, he did it before Chris Paul came he to started. the team. Chris Paul took him to the next level. Blake Griffin but was Blake the Griffin spark, totally and then Chris Paul was, it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that, I don't think anybody will argue that. So this so team without here, Chris here, Paul. Here's my here's my another argument against your thing is Michael Jordan was taken third, right? Okay, so Sam Bowie was a bust. Right, yeah, but Bowie's according to your, because that draft class was so good, yeah, that Sam Bowie automatically gets pushed up mm -hmm. because he was a part of that one draft class. To me, that makes no sense whatsoever. Anybody that got signed a height of Michael Jordan is going to be the biggest bust in the world. I know, but he was yeah. still number one in a great draft class. Okay, so was Greg but, Godin. I know, but my point is, it doesn't matter what class he was drafted in. He still he, he was a bust because he was a horrible player that was picked number one. He if wasn't he, a horrible player. He actually oh, was he a was, good player. No. He was injured all the time, he, and his he, career he ended never came early because of his knees. He never came close to being a number one pick. No, I agree with that. But he was drafted. But to the Blake Griffin argument, all right. But if he gets drafted in any other draft in any other year, he's still a bust. I disagree. Yeah, because he never oh. he felt he felt. <laughs> I, I would call Sam Bowie a bust because he fell. To my definition, he fell below the expectations. If the expectation yeah. were to be a franchise savior and to be you know a playoff yeah. contender, okay. he, he didn't bring that to his team, so he's a bust. But I don't think that proves your point, Vic, because it it's he could. I mean, he was just a bad player, and in any draft class, if he's taken high, he's going to be a bad player. But because Jordan was selected behind him, it makes it worse. Well, yeah, it does make, it, it, makes worse, it worse. But, yeah. but you take Jordan out of the equation, and he's still a bust. He's still a bust. I don't care what draft. If you put him in sure. the same draft as D'Angelo Russell, he's a bust. Okay, you know what? So I, how about this? You take. <laughs> so let's say Jordan had gone first, and Bowie had still gone. He's what, still second. a bust. He's still a bust. Oh hell yeah. yeah! Because he's a number two pick. No, because he was horrible. Okay. <laughs> what well, if he goes in the? Fifth if he goes round. in the second round, yeah. well, there's no fifth yeah, round. But if he goes he, in the second he doesn't round, fall far below. The second round, then he's fine. I was trying to give him a, give him a chance. No, even the second round, second round, I wouldn't call him a bust. Okay, not at all. Hmm. No. So, in your mind, who would be like the top busts that you can think of? Uh, Sam. I, I'm just kidding. Pamela, <laughs> Pamela Anderson. <laughs> ding 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 oh, wait, ding, I, ding. I didn't know. I didn't prepare for that. I had a whole different <laughs> list for that discussion. <laughs> Just curious, who would be who comes to mind when you think bust, Vic? I have. Oh, go ahead. I have Eric. one. When okay. I, yeah, when I think of one, of course, I'm thinking from my soccer sphere. 
Uh, I'm thinking of Freddie Adu. <laughs> I don't oh, know if you huge. guys have heard of Freddie Adu. Yeah, he was huge, Freddie huge, Adu, huge. Yeah. at the time when he came out, he was, I believe, 14 or 15 years old, and he was touted to be the next Pele, the next greatest soccer player in the history of the world. And America was finally going to get their, their soccer star. So he had all these expectations that he was going to be the savior of U.S. soccer, and he was just not only going to be, you know, a uh, a, a phenom in major league soccer, but around the world, he was going to just take over the world. And with all those expectations and with his age, he just never panned out. So his teams never made any MLS playoff, you know, wins. He, when he got shipped around the world, he ended up playing in some, you know, second division leagues in, in France and, and Portugal, he was playing in uh, you know, second division in Florida last year. So he just never panned out. So he fell so far below expectations that to me he's the biggest bust that i think of because he went from being the greatest soccer star in the world to someone who who's almost laughable at this point yeah he he was supposed to be the lebron james for soccer yeah is who he was supposed to be didn't even come close as long as we're talking galaxy you've mentioned that uh landon donovan never lived up to his expectation i mean you wouldn't call him a bust he you wouldn't call him a bust there's no way you can call him yeah you you can't you can't call him a bust because he's arguably the greatest U.S. soccer player of all time. He could have been, he could have been better, but that doesn't mean that he's, he's a bust. There's no way you could call him a bust. Well, technically, you can call Shaq a bust because he, if he had actually just tried you know, half the time and practiced, <laughs> he would have been half, twice the player Practice. he already was. Well, that's so the that, Landon Donovan conversation. Yeah. It's the yeah. same argument. Because yeah. that brings up a good point. So, so if you reach a certain level of success, even if you don't live up to your expectation, you're yeah, still you not a bust. Yeah, you have to fail to well, be no, a no, bust. I, I, I just brought championships to the Galaxy. I mean, it's hard to be a bust you're when right. you've brought championships well, to a team. Okay, Pujols is a bust, but what did he do while he was with St. Louis? So, well, so you have you would have to make a designation. Different. That's your that, other. That's that your he's other. But uh, yeah, so so that's that's a good point. Yeah. So he's not a bust as far as the draft goes because or a career, his career. Yeah. Or, or, or his career. career. No yeah. one would consider no. his career a bust. They would consider the deal the Angels <laughs> made for him a bust. Well, actually, oh, I just admitted, admitted it. He admitted it. I wouldn't say that. Oh my god! Oh my god! Rainbows and butterflies <laughs> just admitted that Albert Pujols was a bust. I I wouldn't say that. Other people, and by other people, I mean everyone else would say that. I wouldn't say that. Darren is yelling at a speaker right now. He really is. <laughs> uh, so I, I jotted down a couple of names, and, right, and, and I'm only going off of teams that I watch. Mm-hmm. And it kind of dates back into probably about the the mid-90s on. So I'm just curious to know if you guys think that this these people are busts right. or not. The first one, I know everyone's going to say yes, Jamarcus Russell. That one is an yeah. easy one because he was drafted number one out of the league in three <laughs> sure. years because of the purple drink. Yes, cosine. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where it gets difficult. Okay, Kevin Brown. He signed a $105 million yeah. deal for seven years yeah. and averaged nine wins a season. Yeah, he's a bust. Okay, Darren Dreifert. Darren Dreifert for sure. Yeah, I'd agree. Both of them are a bust. Okay, Daryl Strawberry. As a career or for the Dodgers? Just, no, these are yeah. just the just Dodgers. Just for the Dodgers, right. He signed a $22 okay. million deal, five years, batted two fifteen, and averaged 13 home runs a season. I think that's the same as as Pujols. You wouldn't call his oh, career that's a bust, less than Pujols. but his, his deal his deal with the with the Dodgers is a bust. Okay, yeah. Delino DeShields. Because if you remember, yeah, he was a decent player, but yeah. he got traded for Pedro Martinez. Yeah, 
So that goes no, to my I, argument. I think that's what think, did you give up for him? Sure. Yeah. No, I would. Yeah. I mean, if you put it in that light, then yeah, totally, total bust. Okay. See, I don't think. See, I, he was decent though. I, he wasn't like right. he was decent. He wasn't god awful. So I don't think you could call him a bust. I do because you gave up a because of what you gave up. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. When you put it in the context of okay. what you gave up, yeah, I, I would I would agree with Ben. Clayton Kershaw. No. <laughs> He's on my list. We're That's paying just him. Dumb. Wait, 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 wait. That's just dumb. You're saying Clayton Kershaw is a bust? For $215 million, I expect a world championship. Yeah. That oh, it still Clay- might come. It's not going to. <laughs> wow. There's the hate couch. Wait. There he is. <laughs> you, you do know the. He, the uh, I don't know if there still are, but in December, the Dodgers were favored by Vegas, who you love to point out of knowing what, knowing what they're doing, they do. to win the World Series. Yeah, they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> how convenient! Yeah, how convenient. Until until the Dodgers can fix their until they can fix their bullpen, they're not winning anything. Oh, again with this bullpen! I'm telling I, you, I will. Uh, I will jump on on the D one train where if if Kershaw never does it, that is, he's going to be in the Dan Marino conversation. Just that's going to be the first line in his obituary. Never won a World Series because he's he's going to have all the other stats, but if he doesn't get that that World Series then that's what he's going to be remembered for, unfortunately. But I still don't think yeah, anyone no, except Ben apparently would call him a bust. No. I mean, and especially because it's baseball. Baseball is different. Like in basketball, you can say you might have an argument that Carl uh, Malone was a bust. <laughs> <laughs> ben, for the Lakers, ben, getting fired the Lakers. Ben, I can see ben, ben getting fired. First of all, uh, Ben just gave no, me the, Lakers, the, the, Lakers, the laser eyes right now. The Lakers signed him <laughs> to the league minimum that season, and Vic, he comes in and Vic, he you was know how to get the hate out. No, dude, yeah, don't even talk about my boy Carmelo. <laughs> which, which, by you the way, the my, right buddy, my buddy James got to take a picture with him. I was so jealous. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because in basketball, as LeBron James and Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan, they've all shown that one player changes everything. And in baseball, it's just not true. In baseball, one player does not change everything. So sure. I, I don't think you call him a bust at all. We're still talking about Clayton? Yeah. Okay, I disagree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of these I actually I think are, are pretty obvious. I think Rudy Tomjanovich is a coach. Remember, oh, we signed him to that five-year deal and he quits midseason. <laughs> well, he had health yeah. issues. Uh, I think <laughs> I, I just don't think he could take the the LA. Uh, yeah, he wasn't the lights. LA. I don't I think he that. could handle the lights. No, he had serious health issues. But I think uh, the next couple that I have here will define why the Lakers are in the situation that they are. Yeah, basketball reasons. Steve Nash, <laughs> Dwight Howard, and Kobe Bryant. Uh, you're missing Chris Paul. Well, that was the NBA's yeah. <laughs> exactly uh, basketball reasons. Yeah. That's why they're in where, the, and that started everything that you're talking about yeah. is because that didn't happen. That is very true. Yeah, that's that is yeah. true because we would not have got Dwight nope. Howard or Steve Nobody. Nash. And and uh the Steve Nash deal, as horrible as it was, the three draft picks that the Lakers gave up to get Steve Nash, none of those players are playing in the NBA anymore. Oh really? Yep. They all sucked. So <laughs> out of curiosity, because I actually was mistaken, I thought that we were still with the Sixers and trying to get into the lottery, I thought those were still for Steve Nash. Who are who are those trades or who are these picks for? The Steve Nash pick. This is the last one for the Philadelphia 76ers. and then 2019, it's the um, shoot, I forget who it is. We owe somebody else for a 2019 pick. So this is the last. I think it's the Steve Sam Nash Bowie pick. pick. The, Sam <laughs> Bowie pick. Yeah. the Landon Donovan. Yeah, yeah. But the other, the other, the other uh, drafts picks that we gave up for Steve Nash, none of those players are in the NBA. Hmm. 
So, I mean, it's still horrible. Don't get me wrong. It's still, it's I think, still not good. I think good. you still look at that yeah. deal. You don't look at Steve Nash as a bust as, as far as his career goes. You look at that deal as well, a and bust. That, and that goes and to Dwight my point. Also. I, yeah, you know, and exactly. so, like, when I bring up Kobe Bryant, obviously his career was not a bust. But to me, the last two years at $40 million or $50 million, that was a bust. You know, the Steve Nash, the last two and a half years of his career was a bust. And unfortunately, they just happened to go coincide with being on the Lakers, <laughs> putting them now in the position that they are. But uh, so to me, I, I think that if we were to define a bust, I think it's easier to define it when they're a veteran and they sign a large deal because the expectations are more clearly defined. I think when you sign a rookie... You're, you're signing somebody where you, you really don't know, you know, if, whether or not that guy can live up to expectation, whether he can play, play under those bright lights. Uh, the guy that really comes to mind that's not uh, from uh, Los Angeles is the old linebacker that used to play for the Seattle Seahawks that Bo Jackson ran over. Brian Bosworth. Brian Bosworth. Oh, yes. the, boss. the boss. He, for years in college, he was the guy. Everybody the guy, knew who yeah. Boz was. You know, he had the blonde, spiky hair. He was on every newspaper, right. on every magazine cover. He goes and translates. Bo Jackson runs over him, and he was never the same he player. He, like, disappeared. So it that's the weird. problem with you with these rookies is that you could be built up, and, and to the soccer player that Eric was talking about, you can be built up and playing against inferior talent for all these years. And then when the bright lights are showing and, and you're playing against the best players in the world, you may or may not translate. So it's so much more difficult to select somebody from the draft, a Jared Goff, a Jamarcus Russell, and and have those expectations. But when you're signing somebody that's got six, seven years experience like an Albert Pujols, you know what you're going to get. The fact is, is that you just need to make sure that you make the, the, the length of the deal appropriate to what their age is. And, and I think that, you know, we're getting to a point now where I think general managers are finally learning that when you've got a 32-year-old baseball player who's seen the better half of his career, you're not offering him a $10 million deal. At, me- at most, you're offering him a five or six, and you hope that for three or four, he's productive. So I don't think you're going to see those types of deals anymore, but we'll see. I think I may have the biggest uh, bust out of all of these. Oh, really? And you guys have never heard of him. Even you Angels fans. Then he can't be a bust. Because I've never heard of him. <laughs> well, going to your draft. the This guy, Danny Goodwin, number one draft pick in Major League Baseball. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> number one draft pick in 1971 by the Chicago White Sox. Decides to go to college. Leave it to Vic. Four years in college. Has a phenomenal career in college. Gets drafted number one again. Mm. By your angels, as a catcher, do you want to know his uh, his career stats are? Let's hear it. <laughs> In two, do I, I don't know. Do I? <laughs> two hundred and fifty-two games. He batted two thirty-six with thirteen home runs and eighty-one RBIs. Oh, he was drafted number one twice. <laughs> oh wow! I mean, at least we didn't draft him number one both times. Right, right. <laughs> but imagine you get drafted oh. number one twice and you hit thirteen home runs your entire career. That's rough. Uh, well, I Horrible. hope we shed some light on what a bust is. I feel like we did. I think, yeah, I think we have. We came up with two definitions. There's busts as a career, and then busts for a team. Yeah, well, and, I wouldn't and even the, say team. I'd say contract. Yeah, ben, the contract. Ben, and Ben brought up another one. 
He brought up the ladies. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. The yeah. the that that bus. So we answered. We solved nothing. We'll save that for the other <laughs> pod. Good pod. I'm, good I'm pod. more confused than I was. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I think we drafted Darren second for this podcast, and he's not even here. <laughs> bust, bust. Yeah, that he's falling below yeah. expectations yeah. here. <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's talk a little Kings. They are on a four-game losing streak, which included losses to the Lightning, Shark, Islanders, and Rangers. They're currently in sixth place with a record of 22-21-4 with 48 points. They're just above 500. It's time to become a Ducks fan. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wrong side of the 57 freeway, my friend. (laughs) The All-Star game is coming up this weekend at Staples Center. I finally you figured remember. that out. Yeah, yeah, well pretty done. exciting. Well so done. for uh, for anybody excited about hockey, what channel? What channel is that being televised on, Jeff? No clue whatsoever. <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's Who's the representing Canadian the Kings at the All Star Game? Is it the, is it is it the Siete? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Is it East versus West? Ah, uh, never. I have no. Idea. <laughs> Canada versus the United States. Yes. Canada versus United States. I don't know. I think they use the metric system. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> what I do know is that uh, on this week's Kings show, uh, we had the one and only Jay Flats, who is the in-arena announcer at Staples Center for the Kings games. And this dude is a pro. He brought it. He sat with us for about an hour. It was a great interview. Talked all about uh, how he got the job with the Kings, um, You know his time with the Kings, shared some great stories of some crazy Kings fans and and those experiences that's a pretty good gig if and he's a Kings fan so to be their like hype guy and running around Staples for all the Kings games I could think of a lot of worse jobs to have <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah, not but bad. but so so we have a great interview and you can hear that on the guys and shorts Kings show but I did bring a little snippet we ran a little long, and I kept the the recorder going. And I asked him about our our favorite Alex Curry, our favorite oh. uh, Angels and Kings. That was your uh, ex reporter. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, she. Uh, no, no. I. What are you talking about? I. I have a girlfriend. I'm. I'm in a relationship. Look at you. All of a sudden, I like her reporting style. Roll the tape. What it was? Yes. She asked yeah. insightful <laughs> questions, and yeah, uh, that's not what you said on episode about. seventeen. Uh, let's play it back. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's not. But I would like to play just that quick snippet and uh, and hear what he has to say. How about uh, you ever see Alex Curry over there at the stadium? Oh, this is, yeah, this is good stuff. Here's the crazy thing about Alex Curry. Oh, here we go. <laughs> you know how you meet a girl. Jeff, put your pants on. You know how you meet a girl, and obviously the first thing you see is looks, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're just praying that she's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's cool, man. Oh, she's got to be. She is. She knows sports. She's rock and roll. Oh. I saw her at a, at a show at the Rainbow Room one time. And it was uh, Camp Freddy. I don't know if you've ever heard of this band, Camp Freddy. Just an unbelievable rock show. She showed up there, and I was like, yep. Probably wow. the coolest chick I work with. You're the wow. yeah, yeah. Sorry, Carlin. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Carlin's pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, you don't have to record any of this, but uh, I had these guys come up and they're like, yo, what happened to the chick, man? 
I was like, oh, you, oh, you mean Carlin? Yeah. Uh, she got a gig. Yeah. Oh, cause uh, we thought she got like pregnant and shit. <laughs> I was like, this is where your brain's going? Really? Yeah, we just figured. I was like, you just really? That she's not here tonight. <laughs> pregnant. Got to be pregnant. So there you go. Proof that Very Alex cool. Curry is awesome yeah. in person, not just on camera. Yeah, yeah that nice. was that was very cool, man. I like yeah. that. He was a cool dude, though. I believe I believe it. Yeah, he, he, that guy should find a job in front of a microphone. <laughs> yes, he should. <laughs> yes, he should. Absolutely. Yeah, we got Good room dude. now that Darren's not here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you what, he does a great Christopher Walken impression. And and when you can do a great Christopher Walken, uh, <laughs> thumbs up in my book. <laughs> Sailor, good man. good man. Yeah, that's not a good Christopher Walken. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even want to attempt one right now. <laughs> yeah, no. Hammer, you got some galaxy for us? I got some light galaxy news. Per 30 usual. seconds. We're, yeah. off, we're off season. All 30 right. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so the galaxy is back in training this week for uh, their preseason. It's going to be a, a new look galaxy. Some players, notable names that are gone. Uh, Landon Donovan, Steven Gerrard, Robbie Keane, Jeff Lorenowitz, Leonardo, Mike McGee, AJ Delagarza, and then the recently departed Alan Gordon, who will be missed. Uh, he joined the Colorado Rapids. So I, I do say that former Galaxy players tend to have a knack for scoring against the Galaxy, and I, ex I fully expect an Alan Gordon goal against the Galaxy sometime in 2017. So it, it's going to be a, a new look LA Galaxy. There's a new coach, uh, Curtin Alfo, some new faces. Uh, in a recent interview, he said the goal is a championship, but I think realistically fans and people knowing that this is going to be a younger team and with faces looking to make a name for himself, there are established players still there. But I think the expectations are going to be a little lower this season. Last year, they were ridiculously high. So I think we're going to be uh, fans for the most part are going to have their expectations lowered a bit, which is going to be a good thing because I think this team is still going to be able to perform well. They were able to, you know, have some offseason pickups. They picked up Joao Pedro. They picked up a Portuguese player. Go figure. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, wow. so, someone, someone's been listening to the shows, you know, our need for Portuguese soccer players here in oh, Southern California. Boy. <laughs> but he's, they, he's wait, hold on. Wasn't Portugal, uh, didn't they only get to the final because they tied everybody? So don't you not want players <laughs> that are going to actually tie more games when you were the one saying that they need to go for the win because you score more points by winning than you do by tying? Yeah, but this this is a different <laughs> different ball game here. That, Why? Because, he's, because he's Portuguese and you're play like, versus oh, league play. Play. This is Portuguese. <laughs> you got to have a mind for the game, D1. <laughs> but anyway, was, was the, he, the on, a, was he on a team uh, last season that won won any sort of big uh, world <laughs> competition? He was actually not on the on the Euro squad, you know. Oh. Even though he is a Portuguese player, he wasn't part of that team, uh, you know. But thank you for bringing that up. Portugal did win the Euro back in 2016, <laughs> so maybe that did have an effect on uh, players they picked up. But he's a 23-year-old midfielder, and I think there's a lot of upside with this signing. Um, someone that you know, based on the clips that I've seen, he has a lot of ball control and looks to have a lot of distribution. And I think the upside, best case scenario, would be someone like Mauricio Cienfuegos, who uh, Victor Mauricio! will know that name. <laughs> That's someone from back with the original LA Galaxy team yeah. when they first started as a team. He was just the engine of the team, and I don't think the Galaxy has have a, had a midfielder like him no. since no. he, you know, since you know that was twenty years ago. So he—that's the best case scenario. 
And, uh, you know, worst case scenario, we still have a young talent and he's going to be able to develop. So I'm excited about that. It's going to be a, a new team. I think expectations are lowered, which is a good thing. And I think they're still going to be uh, on track to have a good season. Some new signings still are, are likely to come before the season starts on March 4th. But uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about this season. I think it's going to be uh, another successful season, you know, without the overhang of needing to win a championship. And when do I become miserable again with actual Galaxy updates because they're playing every week? <laughs> uh, about ju- mid-July. Mid-July, you'll be, you'll be fed up <laughs> you with get those. Some time. You get so some time. just after the <laughs> yeah. baseball all-star break? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ju- ju- just for that lull when, you know, there's no baseball games, no NBA games, I'm going to hit you over the head with the soccer and you're really going to yeah. hate it. Wow. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> That's when I'm in full swing. When does the... <laughs> When, when when does the the other LA team the 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 city of LA whatever they were going to be called when do they start Yeah LAFC starts in 2018 so next season next so season. some people are saying that this is a little bit of a make or break year yeah. for the LA Galaxy because if they don't perform well you're going to see people flock to LAFC I disagree with that a little bit because I think if if you're going to go to LAFC you're going to go to LAFC I don't think anything that happens this year is going to move a Galaxy fan from the Galaxy to LAFC, um, I don't see that. If, if you're if you've supported the Galaxy, you know through and through for the past, you know, ten years, fifteen years, however long you've been supporting them. Um, How long have they been a franchise? They've been a, since the league's inception in '96, so oh, twenty-one years. So this, um, you know, so if you've been following them, there's no reason to to ditch them. I'm going to be, you know, kind of one of those heretics where I'm not going to be down on LAFC. I want to see successful soccer in Southern California and in Los Angeles. So I'm not going to hate on LAFC, but I'm not going to ditch the Galaxy. Well, that's them. no gonna, fun. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm going to be a Galaxy supporter, number one, and then I'll, I'll see what moves LAFC makes, and I'm not going to hate them right away unless the, the rivalry picks <laughs> if up. The, but if the Chargers go 11-5, and five, you said you were going to become a Chargers fan, so you're telling me that <laughs> I if never, that- I, I never committed to that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think there's tape somewhere that says that. I'd like to point out that Eric tried to get that Galaxy update out in 30 seconds, but you kept it going, Ben. Uh, I think you ooh, see good point. Love the Galaxy. Great point. Yeah. Closet Galaxy fan, yeah. among other things in the closet. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> hey, Before we go, quick shout out, the FanDuel League. I suppose this was our last week. Uh, Keith Fullerton pulled off the win with 165 points. Well done, Keith. So yeah, Julio Jones helped that out. Yeah, he had Julio Jones and Chris Hogan. That was, that wow. was two solid yeah. picks. Good, That'll do it. Good on him. So for the season, those keeping score at home, in second place, our own Darren Besa with 713 points. Yeah, good for Darren. And yeah, well done. first, Jeff Wilson. Eric the Portuguese. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Well done. He I knows. Won every, yeah, I may not have won every week, but I was consistent. He Eric, knows his football that, charts. There. That, is, that is pretty good, too, because I think you even missed one week, didn't you? I missed a few weeks, yeah. Yeah, a few weeks and still pulled so up first. Well done, my friend. You are... A beacon that we should all get down and bow towards. I don't know. <laughs> all right, what so the hell just happened? Before we get out of here, Super Bowl, who wins? Victor. Ooh, yes. Oh, uh, anybody but the Patriots. So, of course, I have to go with Atlanta. Boy, you don't know sports. Uh, <laughs> my, my heart wants Atlanta so bad, but gosh, I, I just don't think Belichick and Brady are going to let them win. Well, yeah, they're a bunch of cheaters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. they'll they'll win at any cost. Any cost. Yeah, 
Eric? Yeah, I think uh, I think Tom Brady wins and shoves the Super Bowl trophy up Roger Goodell's ass. <laughs> I, and Patriots, <laughs> Patriots by touchdown. By a touchdown? Okay, touchdown. so close game. It'll be I, a good game? Yeah, I think it'll be a good It'll game. Give me a shootout? I do. I think it's going to be anywhere but like 35, 28. It's going to be in that in that score range. Yeah. I, I hope you guys are all wrong. How could you guys <laughs> go for the Patriots? I'm not going for the Patriots. I, I want Atlanta uh, to win. Well, I, then you should yeah, go for yeah. Atlanta. I am going for Atlanta. <laughs> but he's asking me who, who I, think do I think will is going to win. I think the Patriots yeah, I, are going to win. With, That's like the it, Lakers. You're going for the Lakers, but you know that they're not going to win. Yeah, but if it was the Angels in the World Series, even if you thought that they were going to lose, you would say the Angels are going to yeah, win. Yeah, but don't well, ask rainbows and butterflies. Yeah, but that's, my, <laughs> that's my team. If it was my team, of course. Atlanta, I could care less about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to get out of here. We are Guys in Shorts Sports Los Angeles. Find us on Twitter at Guys in Shorts LA. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Also, check out the website, guysinshorts.com. And while you're there, check out the store. Get your Guys in Shorts merch. Some great shirts, sweatshirts, all that, all that good stuff. If you want to leave a voicemail for us, you can call 562-450-3356. And as always, please spread the word about the show. Share, review, uh, subscribe to us, and and also check out the Guys in Shorts King show if you're a King's Michael fan. Michael Little Candy. They're doing they're doing good work over there. <laughs> What's nothing, that? nothing, nothing. And Aiden Besa, if you're listening, you need to start thinking about our pool holes bet, homie. So let me know what you want to do. Oh, <laughs> Todd Marinovich. <laughs> Leave it to, to Ben to call out a child <laughs> at the end of our podcast. Calling out a ten year old on on the show. Good work, good work, Ben. That's how I roll. <laughs> Always classy. <laughs> I love it. All right. We are out of here for Victor Costello, Ben Garcia, and Eric the Portuguese Hammer Vieira. I am Jeff Wilson, and we'll see you guys next week. Ah!